After ball, rugby. Started off thinking I was the Brian O'Driscoll. Then I worked my way down to Mike Tyndall, who just was like solid and could run through people. My coaches gave me the Bible in how to play seven. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Off the ball, breakfast. Ireland's sports breakfast show. Karen Kilduff, the Athlone manager, is in studio with us. How are you? I'm good. No, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, now look, we had, a, we had a great celebration obviously on Sunday night back in Athlone. Um, what about Monday night? The girls were last spotted in Galway, I think, so uh, okay. I went home. If you see any of the Athlone town players, yeah. do let us know. Their manager just wants to make sure they're all okay. Yeah, you'll probably hear them before you see them, in fairness. But uh, yeah, yeah, look, they're on a high now, so hopefully they're winding down. Uh, there must have been moments towards the end where you thought it was gone. Oh, massively, I think. Um, you know, I think when we first scored, I was nice, calm, and collective. Knowing the game was still on, but the second time I was doing a Mourinho down the sideline, so it was. Um, I emotion took over. It was it was a great way. You know, you think it's slipping away. You, you led the game, then you fell behind an extra time, and to, to force the penalties and obviously get the win in the end was was some relief. What age are you? Thirty five. Not a bad achievement at thirty five. Great age. Yeah. Great age. <laughs> yeah. You 35 as well? 35 as well, yeah. A bit better than me, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not this morning, actually. Yeah, <laughs> Much of a muchness at the moment. Uh, like, talk about a, a whirlwind over the past few months from, from getting the job and then. Yeah. Um, no, look, at I was probably ready. I'd been obviously retired two or three years ago mm. and. Um, I had a couple of opportunities maybe to go into the men's game initially and timing just wasn't perfect for me I was just finishing up my A licence and um, I started working with a lot of the kind of National League players within Minute University I took over the women's team there I just wanted that experience even at the beginning it was just probably for my CV to say oh, I've obviously I've been in men's dressing rooms the whole way through my career and then just said I'd have a go and I, I just took a liking to it and a bit like the League of Ireland as a whole you, you, you kind of get sucked in and before you know it you're going to games and so it didn't really bother me if it was a men's or women's mm. position that come up if, if Everton fitted into place for me and um, when it long come up yeah, the rest Important obviously to have that base for Minute because you know we, we spend a lot of time talking about gender of managers and when will the opportunity come for a woman to manage a men's team one of the issues on going the other way from a man watching a woman's team coming from a League of Ireland background is actually being aware oh, of yeah. all the players in the league and uh, you can have all the coaching ability in the world but if you don't know you know who you're taking over yeah. and, and even the, the differences in styles and what you can do with the players so the time at Maynooth how, how much of a benefit was that for going it into was, that It was long? huge so Lauren O'Callaghan who was the right back for Pima who's James O'Callaghan's daughter and mm. um, obviously the manager of P-Mount um, she was my assistant so just following her career the players I had Aaron McLaughlin who's now playing for Ireland all of these players were you know and that was probably the reason why I wanted to take over the women's team was I knew it's no disrespect to the men's team but these some of these girls were going to go on and play for Ireland and I just wanted that experience of working with the best players in Ireland um, and I just started following their careers I, I said it publicly before I was going to a men's match on the Friday night and a women's match on the Saturday for the last year or so I was at the cup final last year I would have given you a million to one that I'd be the manager the following year in the repeat final but I uh, just funny the way it all things lined up and we went in the run and I hit the ground running How did it line up? How did the opportunity come about then? Yeah no so I'd, I'd been as I said I'd been in the off season in the men's league I'd been chatting to some first division clubs and I'd got offered a few roles and the timing and circumstances just weren't perfect for me so I, I, I held off um, obviously I'd been following the league in the, in the women's side as well that loan job come up Tommy Hewitt obviously had been had finished up with them and that job was there so I was actually on the way to watch Ireland and Zambia in Tala um, with my daughter just before Ireland 
headed off to the World Cup and Mickey O'Connor, I had sent an email and Mickey O'Connor just rang me back and he was like, listen, we'd love to have a chat with you. So I went down the next night and um, yeah, we just, everything lined up. I, I wanted the position, I wanted the opportunity, they wanted me and it was fairly straightforward from there. You're coming at it with so much experience from the men's League of Ireland and you've you know experienced the, the full range of emotions that you go yeah. through across the League of Ireland the good times the very very difficult times and like Athlone Town as a club are a microcosm of that where there's been so much off the pitch stuff yeah. and that you know there's a great history there and there's a dedicated fan base but they've struggled to get them out and you look at the struggle they have for resources on the men's side was it a concern when you were going in as to what the resources would be on the women's side massively i i, I was an unknown it was uncharted waters for mm. me if that makes sense I was going in a little bit blind going let's see how this works it was my first managerial position I'd obviously went through a lot of the process with getting as I said with other clubs I thought it was might take over in the men's role it didn't happen and there is a harsh reality to it when you begin to look a little bit deeper and you go this is your budget and you're, it, it might look like a big number but then you divide it out over how many players you need in a season and the expense that's up, that you don't even account for and I'll probably learn more in this four months within that loan um, than I have in I don't know 14, 15 years as a player when you actually get, get to see how hard it is and the stuff that goes on behind the scenes yeah, Killian, what, what I wanted to ask you, I obviously <coughs> finished playing football as well, and I, I'm thinking about getting me badges, but getting my badges, it, it seems like it's a real grill for me because that sort of stuff just doesn't sit well with me. But the one thing I, I, I thought, you know, it's like doing a driving test. You know what you would do in this situation. I.e., if you're playing against a dime in the midfield, you'd play wingers and try and hurt them that way. But when you do your coaching course, you can say X, Y, or Z, or I playing in this formation, and that's how I would negate that but you sort of have to answer how they want you to answer and it's like just getting through and then you do yeah. what you have to do. So how are you finding getting your badges? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I sometimes even use the analogy of when you go and do your driving test, you drive the way they want you to do it and then, you know, probably shouldn't, but you drive home your own way. You know, everyone has their own yeah. comfort and I wanted to always pick kind of the, my style of things and everyone has their own morals and their, and their, their, their way they want to play the game. I would have been... Fitness was always a thing for me. Yeah. I would have been very cardio. I was big into running and athletics. My my, my cousins, you know, uh, represented Ireland. So I would have probably, when I first came in, say for example to Atlone, I just we ran for. I got a little bit of a mini pre-season with the six-week break for the World Cup. So we we just went running. Do you know what how, I mean? How did the girls react to that? Because when a new manager comes in and he, he's laying down the gauntlet yeah. and say, "Listen, we're going to be the fittest team," it can go either way. Yeah, well, look, I probably had the luxury of knowing that I didn't owe anybody anything coming in mid-season. You know, everyone was. I was kind of like try keep up kind of thing. You know, yeah. it'd probably be different if I have to plan a pre-season this year, where you know you're signing the players on the basis of that. But no, look at within the badges, they're, they're brilliant. Do you know what I mean? You learn a lot. You, it's probably the best thing about it is learning off other coaches there might be someone you played with or someone yeah. who's played and like I had a fellow who was working for Slavia Prague who was the data analyst and you're just like there's there's a huge resource of people now that you can just reach out to if you need a hand or advice so I think actually the networking tools within them well, it, it, it is huge some of the presentations we had Rory Higgins in who gave us his, his prep for the cup final for example on the A licence um, the year they beat uh, who did it be Shells 4-0 and uh, it was just amazing to see the day to day and the amount of detail to have and the importance of your backroom staff because I'm probably learning that now myself that you can't do it all on your own you have to trust people you have to trust who's with you you have to kind of go that route and uh, yeah listen you're constantly learning and to be honest I know you're 35 but like I, I know myself I'm far from yeah. the, the finished article here well sticking with the uh, driving test analogy then uh, like being a League of Ireland manager 
you don't just drive the car but if the car breaks down you then need to be the mechanic as well and you need yeah. to have that knowledge and things you may not be quite sure of you suddenly need to become an expert in as much as you want to be a coach at, at, at the level you're at you probably need to be everything to everyone you do and look at um the club have been brilliant since they came in to help me with that um, there's a lot of responsibility but I tell you probably coming from the league is I also have a network of people from Stephen Kenny himself who I would keep in touch with or if I ever need advice I know who to ask and how you know you're coming up constantly with different scenarios that was my first cup final as a manager and it was so different to the ones I played as a player because it was just you're overwhelmed with responsibility there's really nothing to do with football whether it was media whether it was prep whether it was getting your suit ready do you know what I mean there were so many things that you needed that goes into a day that before you just arrived up with your gear bag and your wash bag so yeah look I'm constantly learning but there's so much responsibility and it's not easy for any of these clubs and I'm only a manager of a group I, I can only imagine what it's like in the office when you're when you're looking at budgets and trying to figure out what's what's left and trying to stretch it as you know as thin as it can yeah look I but the one thing I want to ask you again about me th- me thinking about becoming a coming a coach and getting me badges. What which which is a better feeling, winning as a winning as a manager or winning as a player? Obviously, the the FAI Cup final win is fresh in the mind, but which uh, which feels better? Honestly, the the one as a manager, I think you're you're you've such a responsibility to the people that you're with. If that makes sense, you're, you're, you the girls wanted it so much, and you do put so much more into it when you're managing. As you said, you're doing everything, so. The, the body of work behind you feels like I needed this and I did have a it, I never really I only said it to my wife last night we were chatting about it I hardly got to speak to her because I was uh, occupied elsewhere but like yeah. <laughs> no but we were chatting last night and I was just like I remember thinking in the 24th minute of extra time and I looked up at the clock in, in Tala and we were 2-1 down I remember going I can't have worked so hard and lose here and I can imagine Noel's feeling the same today for Shells you know what I mean you, you, you really do and none of us well, maybe Noel is but I'm definitely not making millions out of it you know what I mean it's literally you're doing it for for those moments that we had on Sunday and um, yeah when when the ball hit the net from Gillian Keane and then laid on to, to give us the penalties I, I never felt a rush like it the uh, pre-season uh, a lot of running uh, a lot of penalty taking an awful lot of penalty taken. No, listen, I I'm a little bit of a uh, I'm I'm obsessive and I because you beat Galway and P Mount on the run to the final and penalties, penalties and then win the final and penalties. Yeah, sit in there a bit closer. So, as well, yeah. No, look, we um, we were kind of prepared for everything. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know. I, I, obviously playing to myself you, you know how many times the men's cup finals have ended up going to penalties do you know what I mean and it's just one of them things I'd rather over practice and not need to than under practice it's a lottery it's not a lottery if you can practice it it's not a lottery and like it's even good for the keepers um, as well you know um the, the, we, I don't know how many penalties we hit this week, and we've only got two keepers. And I think they were they got their work in just literally saving penalties all week. So uh, no, look, we did practice, but again, as I said, you'd rather be over prepared than under. It, it, it's funny you mentioned the keeper saving the penalties. I do always wonder that with the penalty practice, as uh, the damage missing penalties can do in practice. So you want your keepers to feel confident enough that they can save them, yeah. but not saving not yeah. saving too many that yeah. the players who are taking them no, that, but, that so they've lost all their confidence. It was actually funny. So we we practiced them on we trained Monday, Wednesday, Friday, leading into the Sunday Cup final. So on Wednesday um, we started. I wanted everyone to. I wouldn't let them leave until they've scored a penalty, basically. All right. So the keepers would save one, but they'd have to keep going. And the girls hate it and Dana Sheriff who was the top scorer in the country she missed three in a row on Wednesday and 
like honestly it was getting late now at this stage and I was kind of going Dana you know but she had gone like she'd nearly checked out and I was driving home afterwards going she didn't score at all but then on Friday we did them again and she scored and the first thing she said to me after the final question on Sunday goes I can't believe I scored after missing those three on Wednesday and I was like well at least the practice worked out in the end anyway yeah. but uh, nah, look at what about uh, what about letting your keeper take a penalty because Emma Byrne was interesting on Coy Gig about the decision to let Amanda McQuillan the shells keeper take the penalty she's not a fan of goalkeepers taking penalties I, okay so I have a funny one on this we, we played Galway in the in the was it the last 16 and it went to penalties and Katie Keane is obviously our keeper and it goes to penalties and the girls aren't used to it they don't want the pressure no one does you know I, I don't care no one likes a penalty shootout you know and I went oh great girls it's gone to penalties now against Galway with 11 girls on the pitch and I was like who wants a penalty so straight away two hands went up so I'm still three short here at a minimum and the other hand that went up was my goalkeeper so I'm constantly trying to ignore Katie Keane here kind of going anyone else and she's literally in the background just all I can see is a pair of gloves and I'm kind of going I can't go there do you know what I mean she hasn't practiced them so uh, in fairness to Katie she I and in fairness, as you're saying, McQuillan wanted to hit once, but uh, it just wouldn't be for me. I I had my one to eleven, and Katie was eleven, but that's probably because I didn't let her hit one. Um, but look, it it is what it is. If she wanted it, she wanted it. Yeah, as a player, you can't let that happen, can you? Like if you're a centre midfielder or a striker or even a winger, even a, a keeper's not changing. If you if you look out. at Allison or Ederson stepping up to take a penalty, are they not technically one of the best kickers of the ball now on a on a team? Possibly, but like if, uh, if, if Alison well, walks past forward, you, no chance. Keepers, no ability. Yeah, I think you'd want to be if you're an outfield player and you're letting the keeper hit it ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, I think. You're, you're, but I even look. It's an at, ego thing. Yeah, and in fairness to Shells, girls who stepped up, I think they had a 15 year old, a 16 year old, and a goalkeeper who hit their penalties. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, in fairness to them you'd never you know what it's like yourself I mean you'd never doubt anyone for hitting a penalty do you know what I mean I think the hardest part is to go up and uh, uh, approach it Um, so look at her wasn't the beef for Off the Ball Breakfast Ireland's Sports Breakfast Show I actually uh, I missed a penalty I was playing against Spartan Lisbon in a, a pre-season friendly for Blackburn and I went to penalties it was one of these silly little tournaments and I actually went to sudden death I, I think I was like ninth or 10th in the list and I, I hit it straight down the middle the keeper dived hit him in the knee and went over the bar and uh, Spartan Lisbon missed their penalty so a boy called Sergio Peters come up and did a penenka and the, the keeper just caught it and I was thinking we're going in Mark Hughes and Mark Hughes Went. I'd never seen Sergio Peter again after I didn't did not play for Blackburn. But he just looked and he went, "If you're going to miss the penalty, miss like he missed." And it just, it just, that was the one thing I never took a penalty after that before. Yeah. It was it was mental. It wasn't a, wasn't a good experience that one. Uh, I, I even remember Stevie O'Donnell. I was rooming with him before a cup final, and I was it was my first cup final in 2015. And and Steve, I was nervous because I knew I wasn't starting, but I I knew I was hitting the fourth penalty. We practiced them out in Malahide, and I was nervous. I was rooming with Stevie, and Stevie looked. At me and I was like, "How are you feeling about tomorrow?" I was like, "Oh, I know it could go to a shootout here." And I was thinking about me penalty, and he actually just turned to me and he said, "Listen, if you have the confidence to go up and hit the penalty, even if you miss, I don't mind." And I remember just thinking to me, from then on, I didn't mind it. Not that I'm saying I don't mind missing, but you know, I think it's just having the confidence and the belief. In fairness to all the girls who had a penalty, I mean, anyone can miss a penalty. The best players miss penalties, so. We probably don't have enough time this morning to go really in depth into Mickey O'Connor's comments after the game on the state of funding and what needs to be done to improve the game but 
his timing was perfect because the eyes of the country were on the women's game once again and particularly post World Cup where yeah. I think it, there was that general sense as always on uh, maybe the more corporate side of this will all just fall into place there's an interest there in the national team and people will start going to more uh, women's Premier Division games and more kids will start playing the game and it'll all just happen yeah. but actually it needs a lot of money and we see Thomas Bourne talking about funding being held back from the FAI at the moment because of all that's going on there with CEO pay and with gender equality on the board. If you were going in and you were meeting the minister, who obviously wasn't at the game either, uh, was that annoying? I was too busy to notice, to be right. honest. Mickey told me afterwards, obviously he told the world. But um, no, look at them. Um, look, at it's one of those things. Mickey, Mickey sees the moment. And he, mm. I spoke to him afterwards and I spoke to him about it. And he was like, no, look, the timing felt right. He was like, and he obviously knew what he wanted to say. Um, and I think it's been widely well received in the sense that what he's saying he knows do you know what I mean like Mickey knows a lot more about what it takes to run a club than I do or any of us know do you know what I mean he's been doing it for so long and um, yeah look there obviously is issues there and I think the, what was it we're drowning mm. and I think that kind of I think that was the headline from it and everyone was kind of like they probably are do you know what I mean and other people who've reached out and I know first hand people agree with them in other clubs going well we are you know we're just treading water here at best at the best of times and uh, yeah look at I think he struck a chord with a lot of people you obviously had a, a decent uh, awareness around the women's game before you went into this role but top line things one or two changes you would make based on your experience over the last four or five months not not just for at loan yeah. but for for the game for the league I, I think right now it needs the support and the investment to, at a minimum that the men get um, and it's not that the men don't need more too I just think in general um, we had some very frustrating times and these girls are really committing their lives to it I think Noah King said in his after the match commentary that, uh, uh, interview that he felt like these girls are dedicated their lives to this and they do and they get very little if anything out of it bar the odd day that we had on Sunday do you know what I mean and mm-hmm. they lost it last year and there's teams who are finished two weeks now and, and got very little for it so it does need more frustrating things like you could rock up we've had games where we've rocked up on a Wednesday to try and play in, in, in a particular stadium and what we were told oh the pitch isn't playable but it's playable for a men's team on a, on a Friday and little things like that they might be genuine but they feel a lot more when you've very little do you know what I mean and the league right now is literally surviving and I'm here probably as I said four months there's people who've been here years upon years and this is probably the best it's ever been and it's still not right so I, you know it's come a long way but it's still miles away but that, I think that was a goal United game was it and like yeah. that probably again raises a bigger question of that the FAI have gone down the route of League of Ireland is what we want to do so we want to have a men's team and a women's team with Karen Duggan on talking yeah. about Piemont and how they you know they they the feeling there is they want to kill off the Piemonts of this world That, yeah. whereas actually you know, Go United like Athlone Town are a club of incredibly limited resources and to suddenly say to them well now you're going to have two teams using up the same pitch that yeah. you probably struggled to keep <laughs> 10 it, years ago subsequently about that Go again we went down the following Wednesday and mm. wrecked the pitch for a month do you know what I mean so like it, it's not easy on them I'm not yeah. saying that it's their fault or the particular club but the resources aren't there we are a lot of these the the, only, the best thing is that we get to play in those stadiums yeah. a, a lot of the time but like a lot of teams at the end of the season had to go to Turner's Cross and the pitch just wasn't playable we ended up playing in their training ground in Bishopstown and there is an opportunity there now because of the government holding most of the cards to yeah. when we're talking about funding for the FAI to say we want an equality when we're looking at 
academy systems what you're giving to the men you now have to give to the women what you're investing in young boys you now have to invest in young girls at a similar rate and if anything you probably need to invest more yeah. on the women's side because they're coming from a much much lower base but I, I'm looking at the group I have in that loan and the amount of commitment we have girls travelling two and a half hours each way to training do you know what I mean they're not they're not making money out of it they're, they're losing money just to play football and the club know this and I see it now firsthand. so no, something has to be done. Yeah. One word on Stephen Kenny before you go? Um, as in his tenure or mm. in general? Ah, look at it, I suppose I'm frustrated with the whole lot. I think um, people are probably always assuming the other option's the answer. Do you know what I mean? I think before Stephen, it was, he was going to be the, the great hope and now it's, well, let's go back to what it was. Um, it's been frustrating. He'd be the first to admit, um, obviously I'm unbiased in this, I'd be a big fan of Stephen. Um, well, look, I just think you'd be frustrated with maybe how the results have gone. But Was the Stephen Kenny you've seen over the last three years the Stephen Kenny that managed you? Yeah. I mean, you, you don't hear any players probably from the dressing room now coming out and, you know, let's get rid. I think anyone who plays under him, and I was listening to pundits and stuff last night, and it was frustrating to hear some of the stuff because unless you played under him, that doesn't mean I've never played for Ireland or I've never played in the Premier League like, like others, but... Um, when you play under him you know how much he cares and that should go a long way and there's nothing wrong with me having a bit of loyalty towards a manager who was good to me during my career I was also there when he was at Shamrock Rovers and it wasn't perfect do you know what I mean And, and but still you knew he was giving his all so I am frustrated with maybe how it, the results have gone but like he's still I'm not afraid he's still the best manager I ever worked under Does does Stephen have a, a switch in him have you ever had a particularly bad performance and he's come in and upended the dressing room or dig people out he has that fear factor because it's very hard to get that you know from sense of you know interviews here or there but he he does have a no he does he definitely does he yeah look at he was brilliant and uh, like like I think it was I think it was Kevin Doyle last night said at one hand all oh, the people the former players were questioning his his um, credentials when he took the job or mm. whatever but. He was saying that oh, the Dundalk Europa League thing, you know, doesn't replicate, you know, t- international football. But at the same time, in the same breath, he then mentioned how he failed at Shamrock Rovers. So mm-hmm. you want to take the negative experience and use it at how he didn't work at Shamrock Rovers and then not value what he did at Dundalk. So I got, I was getting frustrated, probably listening to a lot of that because he managed to get himself to, the, to what he wanted in the best job in the country he said it openly and there's nothing wrong with someone saying that they want it it's actually refreshing for someone who really cares and wants to do we've had previous managers come and say there is no league here or you know we're not good enough to play a certain way and okay it didn't work out I don't think anyone's here he'll tell you himself but uh, I was just I suppose frustrating would be my own overriding feeling on it Karen, thanks a million for coming into studio bright and early this morning go try and find your players you spotted that lone town player two text in you'll see them (laughs) off the ball breakfast Ireland's sports breakfast show